Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome back. Here we are again, and we're still in Proverbs chapter 1. But the goal is not to get through this in a hurry and then pat ourselves on the back that we did something. The goal is uh, to learn. But beyond that, uh, learning, I guess you could say it's a a smaller goal or a means to a, a greater good. And that greater good is being conformed to the image of Christ, bringing honor to Jesus Christ, with our lives. Now, let's go back chapter 1 verse 20 and let's read our text again. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, Then they will call on me, and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would not accept my counsel, they spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way, and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me, shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. Now, there's so much truth in this passage that, uh, again, we need to go to the Lord in prayer. We need his help to glean some of the things here. Most of all, not just to get them here, but that they come out. And I know what you think. I I know what you think I'm going to say. Not just that we get them here, but that we get them here. Well, no, that's not what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Not only that we get them here, but they get, we get them here and in our feet and in, in our lives and in the way that we live, the way we walk, what we see and refuse to see, what we say and refuse to say, what we are willing to listen to and what we will not listen to, what we are willing to do with our hands and refuse to do with our hands, the way we walk, the direction of our life. Uh, That is what is so important. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Please help us, Lord, in this time. Oh, dear God, spare these young people from a world of hurt, that they would know Christ early in their lives, and that they would exceed us all in wisdom through their diligent study 
and that in wisdom they would acquire understanding, and Lord, that they would be conformed to the image of your Son. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's let's read verse 22 again just to uh, make sure we've got it in our hearts, in our heads. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Now, remember what I said. Some of this is in all of us. Um, sometimes we can be like a, a silly man who buries his head in the sand because a rhino is charging. We can bury our head in the sand, but it's not going to make the rhino go away. In the same way, we can pretend to be ignorant with regard to God's will, but that's not going to change the fact that there is a day of judgment when we will stand before God. And so ignorance is not a good thing. Uh, it is very harmful. Okay, verse 22. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Now just by way of review, this naive person, this simple person, is an uninstructed person who does not have the moral preparation to understand the complexities of a matter and make decisions. And then they love being, they love being this way. You, th you think, well, who would want to be like this? Well, a lot of people. Because you see, there's this idea in, in, in us that if, well, let me say it this way. Um, God, according to Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, God has put his law in the heart of every man, woman, and child. I mean, we, when we do something wrong, we feel it. We sense it. And, and that is strong enough to wound our conscience. But yet, when the law comes to us, written, the written law, when we can see it on the page and it's clearly defined what God wants and doesn't want, what God hates and what God loves, then it really comes to bear on our conscience. And, and many times men are in such a state that they say, you know, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about the Holy One of Israel. I don't want to know His will because they want the freedom just to run wild, or they think it's freedom, but there's no freedom in it. So in our last study, we looked at what it means to be simple or a simpleton. We also looked at why the simple uh, love to be uninstructed in the Word of God, because it, it allows them a free reign to give themselves to sin. And we talked about uh, what is often called the seven deadly sins, remembering that all sin is deadly. Now, Here's something that I want you to see. Being simple-minded or ignorant of the things of God will also almost always lead to a person becoming a scoffer. They don't want to know the will of God. They don't know the will of God. They don't obey the will of God. And their conscience is afflicted. And so when they see someone who is actually trying to do good, they scoff at them. They oppose them. They speak harshly against them. Now, before we even look at the text, let me let me illustrate how this works. Um, and, and I can say this firsthand. I am so sorry to be able to tell you this, but uh, when I was a boy, I wasn't a Christian and um, just a typical kind of rascal. 
with all my rascally friends. And, um, you know, we didn't care that much about school. Um, we spent a lot of time in the hall getting spanked back when teachers used to spank. And, um, but there were some students that were just, they, they, they didn't do anything wrong. They just wanted to learn. And, um, they were polite and they were obedient and they studied hard and they did their homework and they raised their hand and they answered questions and there's nothing wrong with that. Everything about that is right. But we would mock them because we didn't do those things. So we would mock them. We would oppose them. We would make fun of them. We would do all sorts of things. Why? Because every time they did what was right, it reminded us that we were wrong. And we hated it. We hated it. That's why it says in the book of Romans, chapter 1, that, um, that men, they restrain God's truth. They, they try to suppress it. They hold it down. That's why, you know, you can't teach the Bible in, in, in grade school or kindergarten or in high school or in college. It's opposed. You know, it's not in the media. It's not in government. It's shut out from everywhere. Why? Men are suppressing the truth. They don't want to know it. And why do they not want to know it? Because it contradicts them. Because it contradicts their lifestyle. And then when they see someone proclaiming the truth or they see someone seeking just to live it, who's not even opening their mouth, they're just living the truth. They, they, they scoff at them. They laugh at them. They oppose them. They hate them. They try to make laws to, to stop them from living life as they see fit according to the will of God. And so understand, though, that that's not just out there somewhere. That's also in your heart. And in mine at times, in our flesh, better said. So it says here, how long, O naive ones, will you love being simple minded? And look what else. And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing. Now, I have two definitions that I found here that I really like. One is in the translator notes of the New English translation. And the other is in a thing called Brown Driver and Briggs. It's a, an old Hebrew uh, dictionary. Um, first, from the translator notes, it describes mockers as uh, those who are cynical and defiant free thinkers who ridicule the righteous and all uh, for which they stand. Now, they're free thinkers. What, what does that mean? You know, when someone says they're a free thinker, we applaud that when it has to do with the context of religion, don't we? You know? Someone says, I'm not going to be bound by any Bible or any book or any moral code. I'm a free thinker. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. And everybody applauds them. Try saying the same thing with regard to mathematics. <laughs> when, you, when you sit down to do a calculus problem or maybe just simple addition and you get it all wrong and you tell your mom or your teacher, look, I'm a free thinker. I'm just, I'm going my own way with this. They're going to say, well, you can go your own way, but you're going to flunk this class. You see, it's someone who basically says, I will not submit to the law of God written on my heart. I will not submit at all to the law of God in what you Christians call the Bible or the Holy Scriptures. I am not going to do it. And not only that, 
because they're not going to do it and because it afflicts their conscience, because they're miserable, they know they're wrong. When they see someone who's doing right, they're going to be hostile toward them. At the least, they're going to mock them. Now, you need to be very careful with this, and so do I. Especially, you know, if you have a brother or sister who seems to just do better than you, um, and they're not being a hypocrite, they're not being some kind of secretive little monster, they're, they're actually wanting to read the Bible, or they're wanting to be more obedient to their parents, and you get mad. Well, remember Cain and Abel. You see, Abel did what was right, Cain got mad. Really mad. And so we want to be very, very careful. Now, Brown Drivers and Briggs says this, the scorner is proud and haughty. Listen, um, if you think you're so great you don't need to listen to God, then you probably have a really big issue with pride, don't you? I mean, it's one thing you say you don't want to listen to me. I'm just another person. Um, but to cleanse your fist and shake it in the face of God, and that's what we do. We ignore his word and disobey it. And that shows some pretty big, uh, big amount of pride there. So he goes, a scorner is proud and haughty. No one's going to tell him what to do. No, he's not going to submit to anyone. He delights in scorning. He enjoys it. And, and I can say that's true because I, I was the same way. I remember as a, as a boy, just getting delight and making fun of people who, was doing, who were doing right. My friends and I get together and just seem to feed off of one another. This person is incapable of discipline. Doesn't mean that they can't be changed. God can change anyone. But at that present state, in their pride, you see, they're incapable of discipline. You, you, can, you can do whatever you want to them. You can, you can, and you shouldn't, but you can beat them. You can lock them in prison. You can do whatever you want, but it is not going to have an impact on their life because their pride has a hold of them. They're already in prison. It's the prison of their pride. They're incapable of discipline, reproof, and rebuke. You tell them they're wrong, they're just going to laugh. Not only are they going to laugh, they're going to attack you. You know, Jesus said, be careful, giving what's holy uh, to, the, to the dogs, casting your pearl before swine, because they will turn on you and tear you to pieces. And that's why sometimes, young people, when you see somebody doing something and they're not going to listen, Wisdom will dictate at times that you simply be quiet, back away, especially as a young person. They are incapable of discipline, re reproof or rebuke, cannot find wisdom. They can't find it. You say, well, they're a victim then. No, they can't find it because they don't look for it. They can't find it because they don't want it. They can't find it because the moment they read something in God's word that contradicts their sinful desires, what do they do? They mock it. It can't be right because it disagrees with me. Remember what I said? I think it was from Sinclair Ferguson, uh, the great preacher, theologian, who said that men hate God's will because it's not theirs. And it's an abomination. That's a strong word. And uh, it's about the hardest word in the scriptures, in the Old Testament. It means something just worthy of being detested of being hated. And, and that's what they that's how they see wisdom. 
To them, it's just worthy of their scorn and their hatred. Um, then it goes on in, in Brown, Drivers, and Briggs. What they've done is they've taken the Hebrew word and studied it throughout the entire Old Testament, primarily the book of Proverbs, and the word scorner. And, and they found all these different truths. So now this is for your benefit, young person. It says they should be avoided. Don't fall in with a group of scoffers because you'll become like them. And it says in, in kind of old King James language, they should be smitten and punished for the benefit of the simple. Now, this is very, very sad. Punishment usually should always be um, restorative. It, it, it's to teach. It's to uh, it's not to bring condemnation like all hope is is over for you, but to correct and, and to restore and to redeem. But they've gotten to such a point that their punishment is, is not going to help them. They're just going to keep fighting against it. It's to help others to look at them as an example and say, really, do you want to be like this? It's sad that a person can fall into that state, but, but many have. It says they are uh, should be banished for the removal of contention. And we're going to see that in the book of Proverbs, that when they're in a group, they're just going to cause strife, an argument and contention, and they need to be taken away, taken out of the group. Young people, listen to me. You need to be very, very, very loving, very forgiving, very merciful. But especially in your young years, when you get around this type of person, you just need to, you just need to get away. Let older people deal with it, not you, because you will end up getting caught in this. So don't just there are some things to run from. I remember years ago, I was about, I don't know, about eight or nine years old. And I walked across the field to go fishing. And uh, we had a bull, weighed about 3,000 pounds, huge Charlet bull. And for some reason, he came after me. And I remember running around this tree and running around this tree. And he was right behind me. And luckily, or fortunately, there was a fence about 10 feet away, barbed wire fence. And when I got a few steps ahead of that bull, I just shot right under it because I was a little skinny guy. And I just, I mean, there's some things you, you don't turn and fight, especially when you're a little boy weighs about 90 pounds and you got a bull that weighs thousands of pounds. You don't fight. You run. You flee. You jump through a barbed wire fence if you have to. You say, well, did you get scratched up? Yes, I did. But that's a lot better than getting stomped by a bull. When you leave a scoffer's presence, he's going to scoff at you. He's going to make fun of you. He's even going to talk bad about you, maybe to your friends, but get away. Just get away. You want to be around people in your formative years. You want to be around people that you want to become like them. You see, I think I've mentioned this before. I grew a lot when I was a new Christian, not because I was something special, but God knew how weak I was, I guess, and he put around me. Uh, so many wonderful believers, and I wanted to be like them. So just get away from a scoffer. Also says judgment is prepared for him. Now, um, I want to, to look at something just, just for a moment that is, is very, very important. Um, and it's called a trivium. And, and I want to talk to you about it. And um, it's about how do we learn? And it's First, we learn facts, then we learn logic, and then we learn rhetoric. 
Now, we've already gone almost 20 minutes on this, and the guys who edit these films said, don't go beyond 20 minutes if you can help it. So what we're going to do is, in the next lesson, we're going to come back and we're going to see um, the reason why, or at least one of the reasons why, the world is so full of scoffers and why there are so many people today in, in academics and entertainment and politics and everything else that are just scoffers. They, they don't have a solution. They don't have a, uh, they don't have a, a, a cure for anything. They just scoff at everything. And we're going to see why. One is the sinful nature. The other is the lack of instruction. So um, God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you in the, in the next study. And, and I hope, I hope that as you're studying these things, that you're praying about them, and you're training yourself in them. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.